the rest of you, I would ask you to uh, get your Bibles to uh, Exodus chapter 2. And kind of struggled with uh, different titles, what to call it. Um, I just settled on Mother, Worthy of Honor. And there are so many godly character traits of a mother that we could emphasize. I'm going to talk about two, two women in particular this morning. And uh, we'll see how God speaks to us through through them. Exodus chapter 2, first 10 verses. I'm reading in the NIV. And it says, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus a basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Uh, I'm going to stop right here before I continue on. But the Pharaoh at this time, this little backstory was a little worried and concerned about the number of the Israelites. They far outnumbered his own people. And so for fear that they might revolt and be able to overtake them, he ordered that the male children be slaughtered. That they all be thrown into the river and that the the female child's not, uh, children not, but the male children all be killed. And so we have a mother here. Her name is Jochebed. Who is facing these desperate times, but she is not just giving in to the inevitable. It just seems like mama always finds a way to have a plan to protect her little ones. But she takes her little child, her son, puts him in a basket, puts him on the river Nile. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him, and when the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So Jochebed gave birth to a son. At the worst of times to give birth to a son. We ought to be able to relate to a certain degree because, you know, there's a lot of babies being born and have been born or being born in the pandemic. And amid racial strife and, and, and uh, injustices and uh, all kinds of problems in the world, babies keep getting born, don't they? There's always a reason to be fearful, to, to just give in to, just, to, to what seems to be the inevitable but as Johnny said earlier when he was talking to Heidi, we got to remember, yes, this situation is real and this situation is hard, but God. Moses had a but God mother.
I don't believe that she was just acting in desperation. I don't believe that she was acting in fear. Uh, I believe that she was operating under the obedience to the Lord and faith and hope to the, in the Lord. You know why I believe that? Because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 tells us so. It says that by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So they weren't hiding him because they were afraid. They were hiding him because they were unafraid of the consequences. They were hiding him because they knew, they knew in their hearts there's something different about this kid. I can't see into the future and tell you what he's going to do. But when I look at him, I know that there is a call of God on his life. And even though a man, the most powerful man on earth, has the power to take my life, take our life, we cannot just acquiesce and destroy our child. We cannot obey him in this. By faith, we're going to do that thing that honors God. By faith, we're going to trust in God with this child. And we're going to save this child. We're going to give him a chance to live. Technically, they obeyed Pharaoh by putting him in the river. But they didn't just toss him into the river for him to drown. He put him in a basket that can float. Can you imagine as a mother? You know, uh, uh, I'm a father and I love my children. And I know a mother's love is even more intense than my love for, for, for my children. Can you imagine what it must have felt for Yochebed, Moses' mother, as she was weaving together this basket? as she put her precious child in this basket and what it must have felt like when she laid that basket on the river for it to be carried down a mighty river. Anything could happen. I want y'all to think about that because these stories are not just stories. These are lives lived out. These are emotional experiences encountered. The, 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 this woman had her baby that's only months old. She Imagine how hard it must have been for her to let go of that basket. But by doing though, she had to because she knew the longest, if she held on to him, eventually it was going to cost him his life. So the only alternative that she had was to and trust him with the Lord. It looks like abandonment, but it's not. It's not. She did not leave him to perish. She actually trusted God with him. I believe that if I put my child on this river in this basket, let it float, it's going to go by Pharaoh's palace. It's going to go by, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm believing and trusting God that he's going to intervene somehow. I don't know how, but he's going to intervene somehow. And, and only he can spare the life of my child. You know, oftentimes it's hard for us to let go and let God, isn't it? But we have a mother in this story that's, told, that, that's, that's symbolizing that very thing. The thing that was most precious to her. She had to let it go and trust God with his care, trust God to provide for him, trust God to make a way. This, is, this hits home with me because I have daughters about to launch out this year. I have one with the crazy notion of, of working on the other half of the planet. I'm sorry, it's not crazy, sweetheart. And I struggle with that. You know, I struggle with that. It's like, well, 
I'm going to embarrass her, but what, what if my baby girl encounters a hardship and I and I, she's on the other side of the planet and I can't get to her. I, I can't get there and fix it. I can't make it right. I can talk to her on the phone, but I, I can't do what I'm used to doing. And God is preparing me. He's trying. He'll get there. He's preparing me to be able to trust him in that place. Because that's going to be new for me. Okay, uh, you know, Bethany's working for EY. She chose Ernst & Young because they have a program that can get her to Japan in three years. Don't, why Japan? I have no idea. I just trust that it is something that God has put in her heart. And someone said to me, uh, I, I, I won't, I won't uh, say her name. I don't want to embarrass her. But in Bible study, God rocked me, you know, <laughs> because cause it was told to me in Bible study that the safest place for her to be is in the will of God. And this person, she, I needed to hear it. And it's, it's an occupational hazard as a pastor when you preach every Sunday. She reminded me of the stuff I preach. You just preached a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and I could say nothing, you know. All I could do was say, you know what? You're right. <laughs> and I was like, thank you for punching me with that truth. And uh, I need to just live up to what I've been preaching, right? I need to trust God for the well-being and care of my children. And realize they're going to have to walk their own walk with the Lord. They're going to have to overcome their own hurdles, their own trials, their own struggles. Uh, I cannot protect them. And I should not be the one to protect them in everything. They're going to have to learn to rely on the one who could always be there for them and do all things for them. Amen? But we have here... A mother who, despite how hard it was, she was able to put that basket in the river and to let it go. And because she did, God was able to do something amazing. So this is a great example of trusting her child's Welfare and future to God. Another example I will give out of my own personal testimony because it was a struggle for me is, uh, I won't bore you with all the gory details, but due to an abusive situation, my mother sent me to live with my grandmother when I was in the second grade, me and the oldest of my sisters. And we struggled, we struggled with that because as growing up, even though we, we were in a loving home with our grandmother and everything, we wanted to be home with mom, and we felt like mom chose him over us. That, that, that's how we felt as kids. That's how we felt growing up. And it, it wasn't until later in life, and the Lord helped me see things from a different perspective, that I realized she essentially did what Yochebed did for Moses right here. She did not feel it was a situation she could get out of, but as hard as it was for her, I, I know now how hard it was for her to do what she did because she loved us more than life itself. But she knew it was a situation that could potentially, if she didn't act, could cost us our lives. And she sent her to live with her mother, the person she trusted most. And that's where we grew up. And it took my mom almost 25 years to get the courage to leave that abusive situation. And we've reconciled and everything. But, but I 
see my own life in my own mother. Her willingness, she, she, she loved us. She was generous to a fault. She, she trusted God with our care and well-being. And that is a character trait of a, uh, of a mother. <laughs> a mother will do what it takes to take care of her children. Are y'all hearing that? And I hope you mothers-to-be, you know, I said happy Mother's Day uh, to my daughters, not because any of them are pregnant, but I was like, you know, uh, you, you, you have a heart to be mothers. You're going to be mothers someday. So, you know, and one of them, I think it was Dominique, one of them was like, uh, I said, you're going to be mothers in the future. Yeah, she said, future, future. <laughs> well, however distant that future is. <laughs> But, but this is, uh, uh, before I move on from, from your habit, I, I want to say that's emblematic of that sacrificial love of a mother. It wasn't in her best interest to not be able to raise her child all the way to maturity, but it was in the child's best interest for her to do that. And how many decisions do mothers make every day? There may be a personal sacrifice for her, but she's willing to do it, and she'll do it a hundred times out of a hundred if it's in the best interest of her children. And as hard as it might be, she'll be uh, mothers know how to trust God, and they will they know how to trust God with their children. Uh, the second mother uh, we're going to talk about is in Luke 1. There's so much we can talk about uh, with Moses' mother. But as y'all are changing to Luke chapter 1, I just want to point out as well, too, when we learn these Bible stories as kids and we see the great things that Moses did, how many great things men and women did throughout the Bible. None of those things would be possible if not for their mothers. If Moses' mother hadn't trusted God with his care and let him go on that river where Pharaoh's daughter could see him, he's not in a position for God to do what God did. God raised him up in a royal palace. Called him to be the one to go back to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. And through Moses, he brought the children of Israel out of slavery from Egypt. And led them in direction toward the promised land. He was not able to go in, but he was the deliverer of God's people from bondage. And it's easy to see the great thing that Moses did, but I, want, I will dare say it was no greater than what his mother did that made his deed possible. Are you hearing me? You may not be the doer of the great deed that everybody's, that everybody's aware of, but that doesn't mean your deed is any less significant. Behind every great deed is a loving mother who's made sacrifices for that child to ultimately grow and do what he or she was meant to do. And for that, we honor you mothers. Luke chapter 1, starting at the 26th verse. And I, I'm, I, this is a very familiar passage. In the sixth months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. 
The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. And we know that Joseph was given a a dream. The Lord gave him a piece about the pregnancy of his betrothed so that he would not leave her. And uh, he was made to understand that what she had conceived was conceived supernaturally from the Lord on high. But she wondered. I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. Put yourself in this little girl's shoes or this young woman's shoes. First of all, she's got an angel that she's encountering. How many of you have actually had one materialize in your face before and strike up a conversation with <laughs> All right, we got one. Anybody else? All right, we've got two. As you can see, there's a lot of hands that didn't go up. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that common of an experience, and yet here she is talking to the angel of the Lord. That's a mind blower enough when you don't even, before you even consider the content of the conversation. And consider for a moment if this is you. All right? Because the subject being talked about leads to motherhood, doesn't it? And he tells you, you're going to give birth to the Holy One. Uh, okay. How is that going to happen? The only way I know for that to happen, I've never participated in. I've never, I'm a virgin. I've never done that. He said, well, brace yourself. I'm going to explain to you this way. The, the, the spirit of the Lord is just going to hover over you and then you're going to be pregnant. Think about that. And think about all the other stuff that had to be on her mind. Well, I get that. With all due respect, God, uh, I'm betrothed. Right? There, there, there are certain... That there are certain moral realities here. There are certain things. I'm betrothed to some guy, and I don't think that explanation is going to go over well with him. Right? Uh, this, there are so many facets to this, so many things that could make her just shut down and dismiss all of this and think that she's going crazy, that this is not God. So many reasons for her to do that. But she's sitting there. She wants... If it's God, she's open to it. And so she's seeking to understand, how can it be, okay? And he explains it to her. And after that explanation, what does she say?
She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Now, the angel didn't just give her an explanation. He also gave her something to actually strengthen her faith and help her believe. He said, look, before I know what you're thinking, this is impossible. Let me tell you something else that was impossible. Elizabeth, your relative. She's in her old age now. She's been barren her whole life. She is now six months pregnant. When she's at an age where she shouldn't be bearing children anymore, that in and of itself is supposed to be impossible. And she was barren all her life, which is another, it's a double impossibility. And yet with God, that became possible. It was very wise for him to say that because it, it, it allowed her to put in perspective that just because I don't see how it's possible doesn't mean that it's impossible to God. And if this is your will for me, God, then I'm your humble servant. Let your word come to pass. I'll just trust you there. You've chosen, and, and not only that, y'all, this is, I always get off notes, but this, this is how it is. Not only that, he's telling her, you're not just going to be a mother, you're going to be the mother. The mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, you're going to be the mother. Wow. Now, that, now, think about the pressure that comes with that. It, talk about no manuals. There's no manual for that one. But she said, Lord, be it unto me. Sign me up. If that's your will for me, Lord. I, I, she had to doubt that she had what it took. Who wouldn't? But you know how she overcame that? She overcame it because she trusted in the ability of God. And she is blessed among women. Mothers are blessed among women. Just as Mary. Yeah, so God took care of Joseph. He told him, don't you leave her. I'm doing the work there. And, jo and notice that... Uh, When God spoke to Joseph and told him basically what he told um, Mary, they both believed God and walked in, and decided to walk in obedience with him. And we know the story. Um, she ends up with child. Joseph and her never consummated the marriage until after Jesus was born. They honored God in every way. Scripture says that as many people, from the, from the Magi to the shepherds, uh, to the many people who, who, who uh, praised him and, and who went to him and got healed and all those things, it says she, she treasured all those things in her heart. She never forgot the things that were prophesied and spoken about this son that she would give birth to. When God said, you're going to be the mother of the Holy One named Jesus. She said, yes, Lord. I will take on that responsibility. 
and she loved him. And she, she sacrificed for him. And she blessed him. And she did all the things that our wonderful mothers do. And you know what else? She was there at the end. She endured something that no mother should ever have to endure. And and for all I know, there are some here who have known that pain. She didn't just lose a child. She watched a child slaughter. Anyone who knew scriptures that spoke of the coming Messiah knew to some degree what the Messiah must suffer for the salvation of man. And so she signed up for that knowing, maybe not fully, but knowing that there was going to be some grief and pain associated with that. And I'm going to read from John 19, verses 25 to 27. I'm not going to give you the full passage. We'll just, we'll stick with these verses. But here we are at the cross. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. So think about that. This is the mother who gave birth to him is near the cross that he's dying on. He's beaten beyond recognition. He, he does not look anything like the child she nursed and cared for. But she's near the cross of Jesus, stood his mother. Also his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. You know, <laughs> I just, I can't help, but uh, my heart just can't, can't help but go out to, to Mary in this uh, situation. And I can't help but seeing Jesus' example that he laid for us concerning his mother there in his dying moments. There he is, suffering and pain. He doesn't have much longer uh, before he dies. And even while he is dying, he cared for his mother and gave her a new son to love her. The, the young woman chosen by God to bear this holy child Jesus, to bear the son of God and raise him. Had to bear the agony of seeing him cut down. And yet though there was death, she would also know the joy of his being resurrected again. Why am I saying this? One is an admonition, and I am one of the most guilty ones for not showing my mother and telling my mother and calling my mother as often as I can and telling her how much I love her and appreciate her and so forth. There's, you know, I, I'm closer to the opposite end of that deal where mom or sisters call me just to make sure I'm still alive. You know, we haven't heard your voice in a long time, so we're, we're calling you because I, you're obviously not going to call us. Y'all pray for me, okay? That the time I have left with my mother, she, that she experiences a son that, 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 that's taken the initiative to reach out to her and check on her and, and uh, not, not letting Mother's Day be the exception but the norm, all right? So I want to challenge and encourage you all that way too. While you got your mother on her, not everybody still has mama. 
here on this earth? Why you have mama on this earth? Treasure mama. Mama may not be perfect, but she's mama. She's the one God gave you. She's the one that gave birth to you. She's the one that has made many sacrifices for you. She's the one that if the worst should happen, she will be there for you in the end. She will give her life to save yours. And if she can't save you, she'll be there in your last moments. That's motherhood. She'll pray to God for you without ceasing. She'll forgive you when no one else will. She'll see the good in you even when you're being a scoundrel. I know that. So while we've got mama, let's follow Jesus' example. Let's love mama till our dying breath. Let's let mama know how special she is. Let's let mama know we notice and appreciate the little things that she does. That she's not taken for granted. That we praise God for her and we bless her. And, 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 and we're so grateful that God gave her to us. Would y'all be inclined to join me in that? So we have in that Jesus' example. And mothers, keep trusting and believing in Jesus. Some of you might have a wayward child. And you tried everything in your power to turn his or her heart back to the Lord. You're worried about them. You've done your best as a parent. You have, you have instilled certain biblical truths. And as they've gotten up in age, they have, you know, they're, they're, they're launching out and, and they're trying to figure out what this life thing is on their own. And, and we don't realize it. And I have to remind myself of it. They are, were, we were when we were their age. Before we learned to walk with God the way that we walk now. And I praise the Lord. My daughters aren't where I was when I was their age. And I am encouraged by what God has done in my life. Because I know if he could take me from where I was. If he can do the work in me that he had to do. In order to turn my heart from what I was pursuing to what his will was for my life. If he, can, if he can do that to me, then he can certainly do the same with my daughters. And any one of your children, it, it, it may, that, that person may be technically prodigal. They, 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 they may be walking in a way that you know is not godly. That does not mean that God is not working. It does not mean that God's goodness won't do what the scripture says when he says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Don't fret about what you can't do. No, don't, don't, don't waste time that way. What you need to do is lean into God and trust God for what he can do. And believe God that by his goodness, he will lead your precious son or daughter to repentance. Mary watched her son die, but she also watched him resurrected. The father of the prodigal son watched his son leave, going in his own way, doing everything in his own understanding. And that son went, wasted all of his money, and he was brought low, so low that he was desiring to eat the food that he was feeding the pigs. And he can't, but it, it, it took that for him 
But what we got to realize is God was there. And he was there enough to not let the son perish. In his prodigalness. And God was dealing with his heart. So much so that when he finally reached rock bottom. There are no guarantees when you hit rock bottom. You hope that when you hit your kid hits rock bottom or when you hit rock bottom, you'll turn to God. You know, the heavens will open, the choir will sing from heaven, and, and, and truth will all of a sudden be something you realize and that you'll walk in obedience. But you could be just as obstinate and stubborn, and you can be that way to the grave, right? But that father never stopped loving his son, never stopped believing God. Never stop praying for his son so that when that son was brought low, the scripture says he came to himself. And he said, you know what? I've given up, I've given up the right of sonship, I, but, my, but my dad can give me a job and I'll go work for him. And here's the, this is important. We call that passage, we call that parable the prodigal son, but man, I, I, I prefer to think of it as the love of a father, <laughs> you know, uh, because the, the star in that parable is the father. When that son finally repented, the father saw him a far distance away and didn't wait for him with his arms crossed for him to come groveling back to him. He ran to him and he embraced him and he kissed him. And the son tried to say, hey, tried to say, I, I don't, I'm not worthy to be your son. I just want to, I just want a job. He didn't even acknowledge that. He, that father never saw, despite all of his terrible mistakes, that father never saw his son anything different than what he was, which was his beloved son. Grab the robe, grab the ring, kill the fatty calf, let's celebrate. Because my son has returned. And so I want to encourage you, be it son or daughter, God is faithful. And he will turn the heart of that prodigal son or daughter. You will see the goodness of God. Concerning your child. Do you hear me? We have Yochebet and we have Mary. Both gave birth to redeemers. <laughs> one in the Old Testament, one in the New uh, Testament. They both trusted God. They both had unwavering faith in the Lord. And, and, and at some point, they both had to let their child go and trust God with them. One in a basket in the river, another to go to the cross and die for the sins of the world. But they did it as the loving mothers that they are. And I'll finish in this verse, Proverbs 31. Uh, I was thinking 30 to 31. I'm going to read 28 to 31. And I would encourage y'all to print this, highlight it, any... Remind yourself of this so that you can have this heart and this mindset towards your mother on a, on a daily basis or as often as possible. Her children arise and call her blessed. Bless your mothers, y'all. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also. Husbands, bless your wives. And he praises her. Bless and praise your darling wives, the mother of your children. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive. 
and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Husbands, honor your wives for all that her hands have done. God may have may have her inspired to do certain things that, that don't really toot our horns. Lord knows we've been through, what is it, Tupperware, creative memories, uh, uh, what's, what's the other stuff, sweetheart? Help me out. Huh? Essential oils. Well, we're still in, <laughs> we're still in that phase. <laughs> Essential oils. Uh, you know, we've, we, we've got the crocheting thing going on now and, 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 um, but, Huh? The quilting horde? Okay. Honor. <laughs> no, but uh, but seriously, there are a lot of things that a wife slash mother, you know, will want to put her hands to doing. And and sometimes it can get to a point of frustration or we don't we, we feel like it's out of hand and all those other things. And in and, and our family is no different than any other family. We find ourselves complaining. We find ourselves throwing a couple of jabs in here and there, you know, wanting her to dial it back a little bit, you know. But the Lord has pricked my heart in that sometimes we try to do what is his job to do. And my job is to honor her, <laughs> to call her blessed. And to encourage her in those things and support her and, you know, and, 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 and trust God with the rest. And so um, I just wanted to leave y'all with that verse so that whether you're here and you're the husband of a mother or you're the child of a mother, let that verse, let the content of those verses or the spirit of those verses be something that you emulate. Let that be your mindset towards your mother, to honor and bless her, towards your wife, to honor and bless her, to praise her. You know, uh, I'm going to ask you all to stand, but, but I just wanted to offer that because mothers, they give too much. For us to not respect what they do. They give too much of themselves for us to not let them know that we see them, that we notice them, that those little things matter. We might complain about them, but let's mix in a little praise every now and again. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, on this special occasion called Mother's Day, Father, we lift up the, the mothers uh, and their family and loved ones. Lord, um, I, convict our hearts, Lord. I just invite you to do that. Convict our hearts uh, as, as husbands to, to, to bless and praise our wives for how God made them and the things that they do which comes out of a loving heart for, the, uh, for our family and uh, for the ones that she loves, for the husband and children that, she's, that she loves. That we would praise the fact that she fears the Lord and that she is a daughter of the Most High God. Impress upon us as husbands what it truly means to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And as children, 
Teach us what it means to honor our mothers. May blessing of our mothers always come off of our lips. That we don't speak complaints, we speak blessing. We don't cut down, we honor. We don't have sharp tongues, we love. We love them. And I pray, Father God, that every mother here, every mother, is blessed in that way. That they will feel seen, recognized, appreciated for who they are and what you've created them to be. And that and they can have the comfort of knowing that they are a part of a family who won't dwell on their shortcomings, but will instead hype up their strengths and, 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 and hype them up and shout them out for all the things that they do well. We thank you for giving us the grace and for helping us to do it. And, uh, and we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.